Welcome back to Beck You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And today we wrap up Mike Sando of the Athletics quarterback tiers. And we are now at tier number four. As he puts it, a tier four quarterback could be an unproven player, not enough information for voters to classify, or a veteran who ideally would not start all 17 games. In other words, this is the tier with the most uncertainty. Of these seven guys, it's possible that a couple of them could turn out to be really, really good. We know that a couple of them might very well stink because they've been in the league not as uh, established starters, but as more veteran backups, or they should be veteran backups. And then we've got a couple of folks who are complete unknowns, and we have no idea what to expect from them. They might be good. They might stink. Who the heck knows? So... That, I think, is a great lead-in to Brock Purdy. We had Frank Schwab on from Yahoo Sports in the last segment who said that Purdy could very well be an inadequate quarterback for the 49ers, and that's why he's fading uh, the team's overall chances to win the division, perhaps make it to the Super Bowl. And Joe and I are very much uh, in agreement as far as that's concerned, in large part because There's just not a whole lot to go off of with Purdy. And I would add too, Joe, when you are handicapping the 49ers, you also have to look at health of, say, key playmakers. One of the things that I did was I looked at Christian McCaffrey specifically and George Kittle, who were both healthy and both playing at a really high level when Brock Purdy took over the reins. Kittle ranked ninth in total EPA among pass catchers since week 13 when Purdy took over. CMC was an elite rusher. Debo Samuel and company also contributed. But some of these guys have had trouble staying healthy. And so how flexible are the 49ers if Brock Purdy is their starting quarterback? I have some real questions there, Joe. Yeah, the schedule is challenging. We've talked about that a number of times this offseason, one of only two teams in the NFL that will have four opponents coming off a bye. And something Frank Schraub just mentioned in, in our uh, conversation last segment with him was about defenses being sticky. If you're someone that believes it's tougher to project, like just because a defense is going to be top five one year, that in no way guarantees that they're going to be top five, top ten the following year. If you believe in that, Well, shouldn't you be concerned with San Francisco? I know we bring up Shanahan, Shanahan, Shanahan. He can make any quarterback good or play to the best of their capabilities. But make no mistake about it. This team is viewed as a Super Bowl contender because of its defense, because they have defensive player of the year, because they're strong on every level. And what do they do? They go out and they add Javon Hargrave to it. So they're trying to make that what they can can lean on because there are a lot of questions with Purdy whether they want to admit it or not and you brought up the health of McCaffrey Kittle is he what he once was I mean he's an awesome blocker but as far as production on offense it's it hasn't been as needed as much because you have such great playmakers and CMC and Debo but I wonder if he's still that guy I a number of reasons why I'm going under on uh, on the win total. Unfortunately, I didn't see any at the moment. I didn't see any props for Purdy because if there was, yeah. I'd be very interested in those numbers. Yeah, I didn't see any props for Purdy. I also liked under 10 and a half at plus 125, but I couldn't find the Purdy props as well. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement here with the Niners. 
Yeah. Uh, one thing that I did real fast is, uh, Joe, you were talking about defenses not being sticky from one year to the next. I'm just looking at EPA per play, uh, filtering out garbage time from last season. And the top five defenses, the Bengals, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Bucks, and the Broncos. So of those five, is it safe to say, and are we comfortable saying, that those defenses might regress? And especially if you have an unproven tier four quarterback, then that should be an especially large red flag. Yeah, and some of those defenses have a lot of changes, whether we're talking about personnel or coaching. So, yeah, I I don't expect that to carry over from year to year. Certainly uh, a good point there. Now, we do have to also realize that the bottom half of their division, they're getting some free wins, right? Rams ones are probably going to be some free wins, and they get the Rams in the last week of the year. Um, The Cardinals one, when do they face the Cardinals? They have one early one late. So the early game we're assuming is not going to be a Kyler Murray game. That's in uh, week number four in the preseason line have, has them as a nine and a half point favorite for that game. And then uh, much different for week 15, we expect Kyler Murray to be out there, but they're going to, I wonder how this is going to play out with Kyler. It, it affects so much when we talk about the teams in this division and exactly when he's going to make his return and what he's going to look like in, in another new offense. But yeah, it's unanimous here. What could go wrong? Uh, San Francisco under 10 and a half. They're, they're second place in that division, right? Like we're fading them, but we're not, we're not saying that they're going to finish in third or fourth. Yeah. I mean, Frank brought up a good point looking at their, at DVOA. I mean, the, the Niners finished second. I mean, they defensively and offensively, I mean, they are well-rounded teams. Just so many questions with health history, with quarterback. I don't think they'll fall off a cliff, but it's not a team I'm going to place a uh, future on to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, part of the problem here is even if you're like, okay, yeah, I'm fading the 49ers to win the division, but I think they can still make the playoffs. Well, that's terrible value there. And so there there aren't a whole lot of bets that I'm comfortable with uh, that would tail the 49ers in some way, shape, or form. Part of it is Brock Purdy being unproven, but also part of it is defensive metrics, things like that, possibly coming back down to reality. And so 49ers, I'm not too comfortable uh, with them. Kenny Pickett for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, you're dealing with a relative unknown, but can I make the case for Steelers plus 128 to make the playoffs? AFC is tough. Volatile metrics like turnovers force do not point to Pittsburgh playing that well, but it's not to say that Kenny Pickett can't be a serviceable quarterback. Mike Tomlin, the head coach, always seems to outperform expectations. He's still there. The structure, the culture, all of those things are still very much alive and well. It's possible the Steelers finish third in the AFC North, and if they do, that could be enough for them to make the playoffs. You're getting plus money for a franchise that just constantly seems to play well, Joe. There are so many unknowns. It goes beyond Pickett. And yes, we're, we're going to hear about it once again. Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. This is the team you point to as far as continuity. It's like the Ravens and the Steelers. It's, it's the same management. It's the same coaches year after year. But we have all these unknowns because do you believe in Pickett or do you not? And then beyond Pickett, 
if you go over their depth chart, I think they're going to have eight new starters. The left mm-hmm. side of the wow. line is new. You've got Allen Robinson also on offense. Two new linebackers. Two new guys in the secondary. Porter, a rookie. You got Patrick Peterson. He's probably going to be the nickel. There is so much change on this team, both offensively and defensively. So I wonder, are they going to go through some struggles early on? They begin the season with San Francisco. A soft uh, path patch in weeks three and four. Both road, but it's the Raiders and it's the Texans. And in week seven, they go to the Rams. So a lot of very winnable road games for them. In the end, it's an organization that you do trust. I don't, I don't have a play here. I just think it's going to be fascinating because it is the Steelers. They're probably going to find their way come the second half of the season, but I wonder if there are some early struggles with all of the changes. So I looked at a few uh, Kenny Pickett bets. So he played in 13 games last season. He threw for 3,128 yards, which is about 184 per game, times that by 17, that's 3,128. His season-long passing total is 3,300 and a half. It's actually even money if you want to go under. It's juice to the over, which I was a bit surprised about. Another bet that I thought was interesting because I was looking at his stats, I'm like, oh, nine interceptions? His total for the year, keep in mind, he didn't play all season. He are, he already had 11, or sorry, nine last year. And his total um, for interceptions this year is 11 and a half. I kind of think go over on that. Hmm. I think so those I, make a lot I of like sense. A couple, I like a couple unders on him. And I also like the over on interceptions. Okay. No, it's fair enough. Again, you know, this is tier four. It's it's filled with volatility, and so it's possible it could go one direction or the other. And so per, perhaps, you know, hunting down plus money for some of these guys uh, may be the best overall approach because it, it really could go either way. You're, you're dealing with a lot of coin flips. Uh, we mentioned Jordan Love uh, with Frank Schwab in the last segment. Do you guys have uh, anything else to add with him? I I agree with Frank. I like them mm-hmm. at seven and a half. That number's too low. And I understand uh, why there are a lot of questions there. It's the Bears and the, the Packers win total uh, hanging around at the same at seven and a half. And look, can the defense figure out stopping the run just a little bit? That was the biggest issue with their team last year. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers wasn't MVP level Aaron Rodgers. But they just could not stop the run. So I wonder if they're going to be able to figure that out. Now, offensively, what do they do with Love? I would suspect that they're going to go more run heavy. You know, the guys you trust, because there are so many questions on the outside after Christian Watson. They have a ton of rookies in camp. So um, a lot of fresh blood. Maybe it ends up being a good thing in the end. They moved on from Cobb. They moved on from Lazard. They go and follow Aaron Rodgers to New York. And, and maybe you end up finding some guys because the Packers do have a good history of doing that. They, they find top end receivers. They develop guys. I mean, there is that the question, could love be good? He could be good. If he's bad in that division, you're still probably going to get five, six wins locked in. You, you would think with that schedule and it is a soft one if you go over it. So uh, yeah, I, lo- I like the Packers. I think we're going to see a lot of Jones and Dylan this season. 
I like the Packers too. Uh, over seven and a half, I saw minus 120 for the win total. Maybe if you are higher on them, you could look at an alt win total and find some better value there. In terms of season long props for Jordan Love, I'm just not going to go there. His passing yards total was uh, 3,350 and a half juiced to the under at minus 145. But there's just not a big enough sample size for me to put money on that for a season-long bet with Jordan Love. But I, I, do, I am higher on the Packers. Maybe if you think they're going to win the division like Frank Schwab or if you want to look at their over on their win total or alt win total. Biggest question I have when it comes to sort of the Packers offensive infrastructure. When Aaron Rodgers was winning MVPs, his last two MVPs, mm-hmm. how much of that was Matt LaFleur and how much of that was Nathaniel Hackett? Because it's possible that Matt LaFleur's overall philosophy was what made that whole thing work. And then Nathaniel Hackett sort of, you know, put in the pieces, knew how to push the right buttons, things like that. Or it could be more Hackett's doing and Matt LaFleur is more of a managerial type of head coach. So that, that to me is probably the biggest question. If it is more of LaFleur's influence than, say, we realize, then doesn't that put Jordan Love in a great situation? Because he's got one of the more offensively, you know, intelligent coaches out there. That's possible. That is one route to take. And if that's true, then how do they not have a winning season because of that? that that's a big question. But I also know that the Packers invested heavily in a first-round quarterback, and they've kept him on board for a long time. So I have to believe that all of these major investments were for good reason. They must know something. And yeah, I know it's really hard to part ways with Aaron Rodgers, which is why this has been delayed and the can's been kicked down the road for a while. But you can also see why all of this might make sense. And this isn't just a bunch of drama or a soap opera or whatever, that this is how Jordan Love becomes the heir apparent, and we are about to see uh, some fantastic uh, fruits of labor. Uh, Rounding Mm -hmm. out Tier 4, we've got Baker Mayfield, we've got Howell, we've got Ritter, we've got Gardner Minshew, who may not even start Week 1, depending upon what happens uh, with Anthony Richardson and the Colts. But among these relative unknowns, specifically Howell and Ritter, who stands out to you uh, as far as a betting angle, Joe? Well, not Baker, because we don't know if he's a starter. Not Minshew, we don't know if he's a starter. Uh, the Ritter love is just, well, it's not Ritter love. It's Falcons love. That is just getting out of control for me against, uh, according to a lot of NFL brains that I do respect. Uh, the one that stands out, though, and I want to get to the story later on when we have a little bit more time, uh, Howell. Howell, I, I like the commanders going over six and a half, and we don't see any props at the moment. Uh, we know they have a strong defense. We can get into uh, to why I would back uh, Washington here. But, boy, it is uh, alarming when you see them as nearly a touchdown favorite in week one. <laughs> I can't wait to discuss. Right. Yeah, I can't either. We'll do that a little bit later in the show. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, let's go or hell no right here on the BetQL Network.